The Secrets of Disney is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Ladies and gentlemen. What's there, Mama? 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. How do you do? How do you do what? Show me the smile. If you can't say something nice... Don't say nothing at all. Very nice. You can sit by me. Everything's so wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, get up. Come on, get up. Where are we going? Up to Neverland. You must kiss me. Excuse me? Please, princess. One kiss. Unless you beg for more. Hi, I'm Deborah Shaben, and you're listening to The Secrets of Disney, where we talk about everything Disney, from theme parks to movies to shows. We delve deep into tips, information, and fun discussion as we explore the intersection between pop culture and faith. And today we're going to be discussing summer and a lot of other things, you know, all things warm. Yeah. But joining me on the panel are Lisa Hendy. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Deborah. Great to be with you. I've missed you. I know I missed, missed I've missed talking Disney, so I'm happy to be back. And then we have David Hanlow somewhere on he's he's also I'm, some, I'm somewhere out here. So <laughs> somewhere out there. He's David's also wrangling kiddos, so he's got his kids in the background if you hear them occasionally. But um he'll be joining us um between between uh, the the kids saying, "Hey, I need this," so you know it's it's how it is this year, right? Um, so we are we have a lot to talk about. We really haven't been together in in one virtual room in a in um, a month or so, and we had big plans for the topic I'm about to introduce, or at least Lisa did, which is um, Disney Plus gave us kind of a, a special treat on July 3rd, which was they released Hamilton for us to watch. Yay! <laughs> and it was like your entire social media feed was like COVID, 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 um, social justice, and Hamilton. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it was so wonderful. I've been waiting so long. I'm, I'm really excited. Did you, you watched it, um, in the play, actual live play form, right? Yeah, I saw it um, performed in Chicago live with my my sister and her family, and um, I I'm I've been listening to the the soundtrack pretty much nonstop since it was released. My at the time that the the play initially came out, my son Eric was living in New York City, and for one of his early Christmas presents there, we gave him a um, a ticket to Hamilton back when. You know, you just couldn't get them. We got one and we gave it to him for Christmas. And I think this is how I know that um, he would end up marrying the girl he was dating at that time because he was working as an investment banker and he ended up having to work the night of the play and he gave his ticket to his then girlfriend, now wife, um, <laughs> who oh, had wow. actually never even listened to the soundtrack and really didn't know anything about it and was sort of like, yeah, I guess I'll go. And, you know, <laughs> like, so we were like, oh. but I've been listening for so long and then I got to see it last summer um, and Greg and I had tickets to see it here in Los Angeles, just right at the start of um, the COVID outbreak. So 
that um, was canceled and delayed. And, and then just this week was again canceled. Um, but we were able to have a very romantic date on July 3rd and watch it together. So. Oh, very good. I, I was impressed with the quality of the production. Like, you know, I was, I'm like, wow, when did they record? They recorded this a while back and it's, it's very, it's very nice. It, I'll be honest. It took me three shots to get through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, had you listened to the soundtrack at all or were you just no. watching it cold? I was just watching it cold. And so the first time I watched I and my problem is, is that I'm, I'm working basically two jobs right now. So I, I'm like, I'm going to start Hamilton. I didn't realize how long it is. <laughs> and so I started <laughs> it the, the first, like, oh, I don't know. Um, the first time I watched the first maybe 40 minutes of it. And I'm like, oh, I can't finish this. I'll have to finish it later. And th- then I got, you know, a week later, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to start over. And I started and I, I literally stopped at the same point. I started the second time, first time, second time. I'm like, wow, I need to really devote myself to some time here. And so finally I I did. And I got to say, I liked the second act better than the third or than the first. So that might've had a lot to do with it. I loved, 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 um, the characters of Thomas Jefferson. I liked the villains. I liked King George and Thomas yeah. Jefferson. Yeah, that's so funny. Did you see it? You David? can always Have tell a good show. By, you always, I, I, uh, I've been trying to, you know, I've, I've been trying to block out time to see it in, in its entirety <laughs> to Deborah's point. And that's just, it's just not there. That, that much time isn't there. I'm going to have to just suck it up and take it one piece at a time. That's okay, though. I think it's like it's actually kind of a good way to watch it. If you do that, you might want to uh, turn on if you're I, I, a couple of recommendations for people that are watching it for the very first time. Um, the first thing is um, consider turning on the closed captions um, so that you can actually see the words um, the the dialogue as sung is so fast that a lot of people don't have any idea if they're just watching it cold the first time. They don't have any idea what's going on, especially the first half. There's just so much action in the dialogue. And and so consider that or um, you can watch maybe one number at a time. And there are all kinds of Wikipedia things for the show that actually break down scene by scene. And they talk about kind of the historically accurate information and then what's happening in the show. So you could take it in like 15 minute segments and do that and have a whole semester of studying <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton. It's so funny to see it in the in play form and then to see the movie though, because the movie really um I mean you get the close up expressions. I think so many people said King George was their favorite. His facial expressions are just incredible in the show. He spits and, a lot. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot of spit flying around, which is also like, oh, maybe that's why they don't want us singing in church. <laughs> if there are like, that many droplets flying. Well, and part of me is like, is that on purpose? Like, is he doing that on purpose? Or is that like he just needs that much breath support for that particular role? So that's where I was like, huh, is that is that part of his character? Maybe. I don't know. Um, I could see that. But you know what they did, and and this is going to be a weird segue because um, Muppets redid the entire first act of Hamilton. Oh, you're kidding! No, it is. I'm like, first, where is that? It's. I will. I will put it in the show notes. I'll have have to. I'm going to write myself a note. Um, But they, you can find it on YouTube. um, And 
Um, but it's like they did. Um, so Kermit is Alexander Hamilton, obviously. And then Mr. Animal King. is King George. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and funny. it's. It it is. It's really quite funny, and it, but it's also um, bizarre because you know when you're doing satire like that, or you're doing not would you call it satire? I don't know. But anyway, when you're doing satire like that, um, it's only usually in small doses and not an hour in. I don't know how long. <laughs> <laughs> like they went to town. <laughs> yeah, I I think. Um... It's funny. I mean, it's such a now. Now that it's actually out and so many people have seen it, you see all the cultural references that are happening now. And I feel like that it was really nice to have it around the Fourth of July because a lot of families were home, and it was something that you could do together. You know, to maybe if you couldn't be out watching fireworks or something, you could watch um, that day. And I don't know. I I'll go back. That was I I know a lot of my friends who went and watched because they couldn't go out to the normal shows or anything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was perfect timing. So yeah. So now I have my friends are talking about things that uh, quoting things that I know is I know they're Hamilton quotes, but now I need to (laughs) like I really need to watch this show. (laughs) Well, and and here's the other thing too that um, we can. since we're talking about Muppets and Hamilton, we'll start talking about something else coming to Disney plus at the end of this month. So July 31st Muppets now is coming to Disney plus. So it's a brand new six episode season. Um, and so it's a, a new Muppet show basically, which I'm super excited. If you don't know me by now, I don't know if I've ever talked about how much of a Muppet person I am, but I am, <laughs> I am a super Muppet fan. Anyway, um, so Muppets Now is the Muppet Studios' first unscripted series, first original series for Disney+. And like I said, this six-episode Scooter rushes to make his delivery deadline and upload brand-new Muppet series for streaming. They are due now, and he needs to navigate whatever obstacles, distractions, and complications the rest of the Muppet gang throws at him. Overflowing with spontaneous lunacy, surprising guest stars, and more frogs, bears, pigs, and whatevers than legally allowed, the Muppets cut loose in Muppets now with a kind of startling silliness and chaotic fun that makes them famous. So from zany experiments from Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker to lifestyle tips from the fabulous Miss Piggy, each episode will be packed with hilarious segments hosted by the Muppets showcasing what the Muppets do best. So I will also Does it say try... if it's um, what it's rated, because I'm so curious about I hope they just make this family friendly. So often, you know, there's something like that and you think it should be something David should be able to watch with his kids. And then it's. Not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's I, I, the I'm thing. Hoping. I Muppets are usually they're usually PG, I would say yeah. even more so. They've always been kind of PG. If you've ever gone back into the 1970s when Jim Henson started the Muppets, there were some pretty risque things that they did um, back <laughs> on the Muppet show. Like uh, I, I know they did um, Lydia, the tattooed lady. And I was like, wow, that 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 was pretty risque for, um, you know, even though it's a song that was popular for a certain generation it was kind of risque and there was a couple other bits they did where i was like wow they probably wouldn't get away with that now but you know back then and then you know muppets now you know when they did the the abc did the last muppet 
series um, about five years ago, I think. It yeah, was a little tried. more. It was a little more adult, and I I didn't appreciate it as much because I you know they lost their their innocence. There's one thing I love about the Muppets from Jim Henson's point of view is a lot of a lot of innocence in into that. And uh, so maybe do wrong. your kids know the Muppets? Uh, they know they know them from Sesame Street, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I've tried to. They really like the. I, I managed to get them to sit through like the intro of the classic show, and they're like. They're, you know, where it shows all the Muppets, and they're like, there are that many Muppets? I'm like, you have no idea, kid. You gotta watch all the things. I don't know, Deborah. I'm not, I don't know if I'm up to your level, but yeah, I always watched the, the, the original show, and when it came back on reruns and came on streaming, of that, uh, that's, it, yeah, it is pretty PG, but it, so it's stuff that I can watch with my kids, but just, they have just enough zingers in there to keep the adults engaged. And, <laughs> Yeah. And like even even like you know someone who wouldn't normally be a PG character, they had uh, Roger Moore's James Bond there once, you know, and yeah. they of course they focused on the sci-fi ray guns and stuff instead of the you know the blatant womanizing, but um, uh, yeah. they, they kept it they kept it fun. Ugh. Yeah, well, and and that I think that was what made it. I think that's what made it um, popular was. You know, it was a something you could sit down and and unlike certain other kids shows where you kind of have to suffer through it as an adult, like mm-hmm. Barney, the dinosaur, you know, that places how old I am, where I was like, that is the most annoying thing. OK, <laughs> but you'd Uh-oh. probably sit through it to, just for your kids. I'm sure there's a lot of shows like that. Relating back to the, to the, the Hamilton thing, we should probably mention that. In case you haven't watched Hamilton yet, we've been talking about, oh, family sitting down and watching it together. It It's rated actually PG-13. They took out um, two F words from it, but there's definitely some kind of adult themes going on that will probably go right over your kid's head. Um, but definitely, you know, it's it's uh, some adult content, including the infidelity. Um, well, that that caught me by surprise, by the way. I was just like, wait, wait, what? Oh, I didn't know about that. <laughs> right. So, so in a, in a so. way, it kind of reminds me. Well, it's not the same thing, but it reminds me of the Flintstones, where that was a prime time show back then, and now it's marketed for kids. But that was actually a rather. I mean, that was that show was supposed to be watched by adults. It wasn't like bad content, but it wasn't content you meant. You, you know, it's supposed to be content anyone could watch during prime time. Right. Yeah, it, it's hard to say. Yeah. One other thing I was just thinking of was, um, so when I thought we were recording last week, I was really excited because um, July 17th, which was supposed to be the reopening day for Disneyland, um, and it was also Disneyland's 65th birthday. um, Of course, we did not get to reopen here, and and who knows when that will happen. But I watched a, a show that was on Disney Plus last week that was Walt Disney the week um, before Disneyland was originally opening and um, he kind of gave like an overview of the construction. It's really awesome. It's 55 minutes long and it's all old classic black and white footage of the park being built. um, And lots of the original animation is highlighted, but that show has a PG rating and you know why it's because of tobacco use. Cause he's smoking like a chimney through the entire thing. (laughs) Things you don't see on TV anymore. Hosts smoking. Where where did you say you watched that? On Disney Plus. It was Um, on Disney Plus. Yeah. And I I think, I can't remember the exact name of it, but if you just do a search for Disneyland and uh, 
um, Disneyland's 65th birthday and opening. It's it's actually a show that aired, you know, the week prior to. Like, you're getting ready to come to Disneyland, and this is what you can expect. And they show, like, the building of the Mark Twain steamboat and the building of the castle. And it's just really awesome. There's a lot of really cool stuff. I, I think I might have watched that, to be honest. I, I watch a lot of Disney stuff, so it kind of all blurs together. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that is interesting is that they had problems the first opening day because there were counterfeit tickets roaming around. So they had way more people um, coming into the park than they were ready for. So their yeah. opening day 65 years ago was like, oh, we have counterfeit tickets. And so you had to honor the counterfeit tickets and um, and traffic was backed up for miles and the park was covered in wet paint and weeds and and also um, wet concrete in places. They talk about the asphalt not being quite set yet and women who were wearing back back then high heels into the parks and uh, they, their heels were getting stuck in the in the asphalt. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. a comedy of error. Yeah, and then because they had so many visitors, they wiped out the foods, food and drink, or the the park's food and drink supply within hours. And also, there was a plumbing strike, and it was hot. It was like a hundred <laughs> degrees that day, so it was it was a crazy opening day. And some people would say it was a disastrous opening day for Disney. But you know, sixty five years later, we're just like, come on, we we would probably be okay with all of those things if it would just open again. Yeah, <laughs> they um, the I, mean, I remember the bar is very low yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember going as a little girl before we had to have tickets to go in, and often our family would just go over, and you know, you, the tickets were for to actually go on the rides, but you could walk into the park and just walk around and stuff without going on any of the rides. So. It's definitely, oh, how it has changed. Have you heard anything, Deborah, about um, th anybody from Orlando going um, to the park since it's reopened? Oh, I, okay. So as much as I'm a Muppet fan, I watch a lot of Disney vloggers, a lot of Disney vloggers. So <laughs> um, I watch, I don't know how many, like Epcot is open, you know, Magic Kingdom is open, Studios is open. So here's what I figured out from the, the videos that I've watched and the cast members that I know, which is right now the parks are super low and attended. So except for one park in particular, um, Disney Hollywood Studios actually is harder to get into. And if you wanted to, and it's because of Rise of the Resistance. It's because of the Star Wars rides. Oh, so what they're still having um what they call boarding parties for rise of the resistance mm -hmm. which is their new mm -hmm. star wars ride and the boarding parties if you aren't at the park at opening and on the app as soon as the park opens to get your boarding number you won't get in like it is that bad so they have kind of a yeah they have kind of a still like a problem getting everybody through that ride especially now that there's um, a lot more um, social distancing and a, a lot of the attractions they're just running like hey it's your party you know only the people in your party are on that ride or in that capsule or in that you know moving vehicle so it, you, they can't load as many people so it takes longer like Millennium Falcon is a good example um, if you want to ride um, Smuggler's Run it's usually you know six people in a capsule well if there's only two of you in the party then there's only two of you in the capsule 
And wow, that would definitely clog it up for sure. Because we did it as single you, riders. You would, it would take more time. than it would take more than twelve parsecs to make the Kessel run. <laughs> Sorry. Yep, that's exactly right. But everybody's saying right now, well, and it's it's you know, it's almost August in Florida and it's super hot. And they do have a you know, you have to wear a mask. In fact, they're making their mask wearing stricter now because Florida Florida and California are going through a spike in COVID cases. Um so the mask policy right now in Disney just upgraded to you have to wear a mask at all times. And if you're eating or drinking, you can't walk around with the food and eat it without the mask. You have to stand still and either eat or drink and take your mask off when you're standing still. So there's no more walking around the park with a drink. You have to stop, take your mask off and drink it and then not, you know, walk around with no because people were just walking around with drinks um, and no mask because they're like, hey, look, I have a drink. I'm drinking from it and I don't have to wear a mask. So they kind of changed that policy. So you're saying that the other parks are not at capacity, even though capacity is drastically decreased right now. That's correct. And oh. not only that, like everybody is saying that most of the rides, most of the attractions are walk ons and the most popular ones, even like. Other than the exception to the rule, which is um, anything Star Wars related, even Smuggler's Run, they said, was like 20 or 30 minutes standby. It was just Rise of the Resistance, which was still a mess. Um, the Most of the other attractions um, that are normal, they even said Peter Pan's um, flight, which is usually a 30-minute wait at best, was starting to be like... 10 minutes to a walk on and that's unusual wow. that's that's very unusual for yeah. magic Kingdom. uh so they're saying I'll be honest with you. it's starting to sound sorry uh, yeah it's starting to sound great doesn't it David? <laughs> Boy, this is like this is sounding more it's for, right now it's starting to sound like it's more safe for me to go to disney than it is to go to the grocery store <laughs> <laughs> well i think they i mean they have disney's always been known for their cleanliness anyway but they really heightened their cleanliness efforts. You know, obviously they have, you know, if you're going to the parks and um, you're going right now, they just re-enhanced their bag check area, you know, to include temperature screening. And now they have touchless bag check. So it's, it's um, x-ray. Uh, so you don't have anybody touching your stuff and you don't have to go near cast members to touch, you know, to, to keep both of you safe. So that's, that's been enhanced. a great improvement wow. anyway, yeah. despite COVID. I mean, I always felt like that really slowed things down, having to, you know, hand them your bag while they, and, and also it sort of, to me, was always like the illusion of security because, you know, if you're an old lady, they don't really look at your bag that carefully. Right. <laughs> I hate to say that, but um, well, yeah. that was the sense that I often had. So I'm actually glad to hear that they're X-raying. That's, that's a good thing. Well, yeah, they, it, and they're um, they're doing a lot of other things going forward. They something that they have different than like some of the other theme parks, like Universal Studios was the first to open in Central Florida, but everybody was complaining about um, their lack of, I wouldn't say patrolling, but their lack of um, controlling the crowd. So. Um, Disney, when you go, this is one of the notorious things, and David would appreciate this. Um, so Disney Springs opened first um, 
which is their shopping center. And, you know, so it's free to go in and walk around, but they have people and um, cast members strewn throughout who are kind of like um, ambassadors, I guess is what they'd call them. And they remind you when you enter their space, basically that space that they're in to, you know, there's hand washing stations everywhere. And then there's um, sanitizing stations and to keep six feet apart from others. But they also brought in stormtroopers to stand above one particular section of Disney Springs. And they're like pointing to people in the crowd, like, Hey, you there, put your mask back on or, you know, or, um, that's awesome. So, but it was the crowd, wow. loved it, but that it was a great way to kind of point out people who weren't complying, like, Hey, six feet from your, you know, the people in front of you, you know, or that's move actually on. genius. Cause when you're in that section at Disneyland, they come out, um, regularly and they definitely you know with kind of tongue-in-cheek comedy wise provide like you know their services um so i could definitely see how that would be effective except that people flock to them when they start doing it so it's like if you want people dispersing maybe not so much well and here's the other thing they're doing um that i heard one of my favorite um uh, Disney vloggers talk about uh, so he was at Epcot and they brought out Winnie the Pooh and he was out in the grassy area where guests were not allowed to go and he was just wandering around kind of being Winnie the Pooh and um, and I'm like oh that's kind of neat and I don't have to wait in line to see him I just see him frolicking out there and he waves at me and blows kisses and then he goes back in and I'm and the guy's like you know what I think I like this better than standing in line and having him pose for pictures you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of fun. And they, so they do, they said Anna and Elsa, and this is Epcot, Anna and Elsa came out and walked the entire length of the world showcase, which is a mile and a half. Wow. But, you know, as a parade, as opposed to, you know, being mobbed by little three-year-olds. So they were still safe, but everybody got to see them. That's, but, nice. that's great. It's it's cool to see how they're kind of reinventing things. I'm sure it's challenging and every day they probably figure out new things, but it's great that they're trying and I hope we can open out here soon. Although I I expect that it's not going to be anytime soon based on how things are going right now. Ooh, I just I just thought of a I just thought of a slogan they can use to enforce masks. With What's that? Uh, they just have a picture of a stormtrooper uh, of a stormtrooper with his helmet and his mask on saying be like a stormtrooper. You won't catch uh-huh. anything. <laughs> Good idea, David. <laughs> it's like they can't hit anything. They can't catch anything. Be like a stormtrooper. <laughs> the, um, they, one thing they are doing is uh, this, and this is kind of a one of the things I I would grumble about being you know a regular or a cast member, ex cast member, is that they're no longer doing park hopping. So for the foreseeable future, you can't go to more than one park in a day because you have to make a reservation for one park and that's all you can make a reservation for. So if you're going to Epcot, you're only going to Epcot. You're not going to hop over to Magic Kingdom at the end, you know, if you're bored. Have you heard anything about adjustments to annual passes? Because that's one thing I've wondered about is if you purchase an annual pass, you know, and you just lost. Well, out here, you know, the people are going to lose six months probably on their pass. Are they being extended? They are being extended. For Walt Disney World, I know they are giving them options. Um, one of the options is an extension. The other option is a refund, partial refund. Oh, yeah. 
So yeah, because actually that's smart because a lot of people may not feel comfortable even with the extension. So that's great. Yeah, um, I actually, as weird as this sounds, I might actually buy an annual pass this year. And it's mostly because I I, I feel like I have more time to go to Disney if I can get there. Um, and ironically, Lisa, guess what? I'm coming to California, even though there's nothing going on. <laughs> oh, are you? When are you coming? In about two weeks, first week of August, I'm going to San oh, Diego. No. And I'm going to be in Chicago, so I'm going to miss you. Congrats. <laughs> Well, and I'm like, well, all right, I guess I'll go to the beach and that's about it. <laughs> we are having beautiful weather. So if nothing else, you will love being at the beach and I'll make you a list of things to do. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> but and I actually, I, I don't know whether downtown Disney has opened or not, but if you have a chance to go there, that's always fun. You at you least know, be close. It is opened. I have seen videos about that too. Um, yeah. So downtown Disney in... Disneyland is open for shopping. I know that there are virtual queues to get into a lot of the stores. So if there's a higher than normal amount of people wandering through there, they will put you in a virtual queue to get inside the stores. Um, the, other than that, I think uh, they're still pausing to see what else is going to happen. And and I know um, Disney Cruise Line is still on pause. So is Adventures by Disney still on pause? There's a little, you know, we're all just kind of waiting. Even Disney Plus is waiting to come out with some of their, their I'm still waiting for, Cap, you know, the, the new Marvel shows are supposed to come out. Well, and not only that, Disney movies, like the whole movie schedule. Um, I know Mulan was supposed to have been released and they're pushing that back. Um, and then Jungle Cruise was supposed to be released in March, and it I they pulled that, and I haven't seen it uh, when it's gonna they're gonna release the uh, the Rock stars in that movie. Oh, cool. I, oh, the trailers look awesome. If you're a Jungle Cruise fan, trailers look awesome. And they I haven't seen anything about that lately. So I think they're just waiting to see when people can go back to the theaters to release that. David, I'm wondering if the Marvel shows is because of a production thing, um, because, oh, you know, the other thing that's happening out here is production has been really impacted by, you know, social distancing needs and closures and stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure you're right. It's just, you know, because how, you know, there, there are some productions that are trying to resume in a quasi bubble, but it's hard. Mm -hmm. I. One thing, you know, I guess we've all had to like reconfigure what we do for vacations and for entertainment and and all that. Um, that reminds me, we were going to talk about summer um, and I always think of Olaf like I can't wait, you know, all things hot and <laughs> yeah. But uh, so what are we doing this summer? What are you doing instead of um what have you done? It's almost the midway point of summer at this point, or actually past the midway point. David, yeah, really you go first. For us right now. What did you say, David? Can you ask that question again? Oh, sorry. Um, what are you start. doing this summer? What are you? Uh -oh. How are you celebrating summer with your kids? Other than what you're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i.e., being with the kids. Um, we're just kind of. I am terrible at backyard stuff, but we are, you know, thanks to my wife's creativity with you know, Pinterest and Etsy, she's found some landscaping things I can do. So we've turned 
parts of the backyard into little Hot Wheels ramps. We've added a little inflatable pool, added a de- added some patio space. So we're just we're trying to we're we're making it making our backyard kingdom as magical as possible. That sounds awesome. The Hot Wheel ramps. I kind of want to see a picture of it. Did but I I don't know. Are they uh, have the kids tried them out yet? Did we lose him? <laughs> Quite possibly. And I'm he went. And I'm oh, muted. there he is. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm muted. But yeah, it's just some some pavers uh, and some some gravel, and I'll send you guys a picture. But, um, oh. Oh well, I mean, I I, I post I posted one I posted one last night where Gabe was actually playing dinosaurs on it the other day. Oh well, <laughs> that works too. <laughs> But so that's that's nice. You get a little backyard fun. I'll, I know a lot of people are going camping this summer and, and to well, a lot of national I'll, parks. I can, I can email that to you guys, but it's uh, it, it's we're, we're trying to have as much fun as we can. <laughs> yeah. Lisa, what that's are you fun. doing for uh, summer? You know, well, it's funny because um, it feels so weird to me to be just home nonstop. I mean, I travel so much usually. And so this has been a weird, at first I thought, oh, well, it'll be like a staycation, but all the places that I would go to in LA are closed. Like all the museums that I want to go to and different things are, everything's closed. So the, the, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time in my yard too. Um, it's like backyard or front yard. That would be the choice for the day. But then the other thing is um, we have the beach and I'm a huge beach fan and I could just go to the beach every day um so I've been spending a good amount of time walking and walking at the beach um but even there you actually actually have to be sort of careful um and our beaches have been periodically closed because you get these big crowds of people who um are not masked and and it can be like too many people in too small small of a space so I choose my beach days carefully um and I'm a masker. I mean, I, I, I'm married to an ER doctor, so I just, I, it's, you know, ref, as reflexive as putting on my shoes now when I walk outside, <laughs> just yeah. put on a mask. Um, so, but the beach is always here and it's lovely. So. Yeah. I know um, over 4th of July, uh, I went to a very remote cabin in Missouri next to a river. I know a lot of people who are doing a lot of camping and a lot of going out to cabins and, and state parks, I know, and I live in the Midwest, and Dave and I both live in Nebraska, and a lot of people are going out to different parts in Nebraska. There's, we don't have a population problem in, you know, and social distancing is a little more easy in Nebraska than it is in California or Florida. So finding, yeah, finding remote places in Nebraska is pretty easy right now. So I'm loving seeing all the people who are in RVs too. That's been really fun to see all the people who are taking their families on RV trips. So awesome. Doesn't it remind you of your childhood in a sense? Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. There's one very epic summer in our family where my dad got laid off right before the 4th of July on in 1776, maybe, or I mean, I'm sorry, 1976, <laughs> the bicentennial year. And um, it was maybe like a week or two before. And so he decided we had a motorhome and he decided we we're going to go on an epic road trip to Washington, D.C. for the bicentennial. And we went all over the place that summer. And I have so many good memories of you know just great 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 camping memories so if you can do that with your family it's a great thing to do right and in this day and age a lot of people are working from home and you know that translates to working from anywhere 
and why not hop in your camper or go to you know see um, Yellowstone I know I have a friend who's in Yosemite right now and it's it's great to see everybody having these I wouldn't I guess old-fashioned is not a a good word for that, but like a old school kind of vacation where everybody just hops in the car and drives to someplace new. It's neat. We actually do that we'll almost say, every we'll weekend. Retro. Yeah. retro. Thank retro. you. <laughs> we, we, we're doing a lot of drives, a lot of drives up and down the coast. Um, so it's like, we're safe. We're in our car, but we're seeing things and enjoying being out. So David, have you ever considered doing a backyard campground, a cap out with your kids, or are they still too little? Um, they like to be outside until bugs come. Oh, bugs! And <laughs> that—that—that's the limiting factor. My, my my kids and my wife love the idea of the outdoors, <laughs> but there are bugs. So, um, so we're we're outside for bursts of time. And then, yeah, yeah. So then we come back inside, and a real eye opener. Like right before Fourth of July was when our AC went out. Uh, so like that's something I grew up with because our AC, you know, I, my my family's originally from a farm in Iowa, and like you you didn't turn on the AC until it was unbearable. unbearable. And, and now it's like we have no AC. How are we gonna live? <laughs> First world problems. Pretty um. Much. Yeah. And uh, we were talking about I was on a um, um, call um, with my faculty leaders the other day and they were talking about ice cream and how delivery services, you know, your ice cream is melted before you get I'm like first world problems. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's kind of funny how we rely on those cold things, you know, we rely on the Olaf friendly things during the summer and it's kind of sad when they're not <laughs> provided. But anyway, I suppose I, you know, we will try to get um, a little more information. Hopefully by the next time we record, we will have more information, positive information about Disneyland opening. That'd be great. I'd love to see California back open again. And um, well, I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. If you have questions, we'd love We'd love topics. I know David and I had a great time talking about um, cryogenics, believe it or not, the last time in Disney's, um, you know, Walt Disney and his, the theory that he's frozen. And we had a blast talking about that. So if you have weird topics that you want us to explore that are Disney related, we would love to talk about it. Um, We'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create Secrets of Disney. Their generous donations at sqpn.com backslash give make it possible for us to continue the Secrets of Disney and all of the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com backslash give. And be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on SQPN YouTube channel. To find previous episodes of The Secrets of Disney or to send us feedback again, like you have an odd question or you want us to talk about something specific, visit us at sqpn.com backslash Disney. You can send us an email at Disney, D-I-S-N-E-Y, at sqpn.com. Or follow us on social media at facebook.com backslash StarQuestMedia. Or Twitter is obviously SQPN. And um, until then, David Hanlos, thank you for joining and sharing with me. 
on the secrets of Disney. Of course, hopefully next time it won't be from an iPhone SE. <laughs> we, whatever works. And then Lisa Henley, it's a thank you as well. Oh, it's great to be with you guys. And uh, just everybody stay safe out there. All right. Once again, I'm Deborah Shaben. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Disney on StarQuest. And ta-ta for now. Thank you.